Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. My name is Richard Bryant, and I am your host. It's April 28th, 2020. This is the Corona Chronicles, Day 47. Hello, everyone. Here is tonight's lead story. From The Guardian... Theater kept my mind so activated, the existential crisis of Sydney's standing ovation man. Graham Best sees more than 100 shows a year and rises to his feet to applaud every one. Now, under lockdown, he's suffering. Graham Best keeps a ghost light burning 24-7 in his Wollongong home. It's a gesture of solidarity and sympathy with the now-darkened auditoriums that are doing likewise, observing the old custom that requires a lamp to be left lit on the stage when a theater is empty. Unable to see any live theater, Best, 73, feels the loss most, more keenly than most. He is one of the movable fixtures of Sydney's theater scene. Many stage actors and audience members know his face even if they don't know him by name because he's standing ovation man, the patron who unfailingly gets to his feet to applaud every show he sees. The actor, Toby Schmitz, first called me that, Best says. It's something I've done for years. I do it for the performers and for everyone involved. The director, the musicians, the backstage crew, even the admin stuff. All the people who bust a gut to get a show on. Best also encourages other patrons to get to their feet, often in vain. I even get abused by some of them, he confides to Guardian Australia. I've been told I'm an embarrassment to theater, but it doesn't stop me. The actors love it. He normally sees three to four shows a week, but like everyone during the coronavirus crisis, has been stuck indoors for a month and the theaters are all closed. My mind has gone blank, he says. Just like the theaters. Theater used to keep my mind so activated. I used to think about it all the time and what I'd just witnessed. My wife, Doris, tells me she's noticed a big change. I'm bored. I'm lonely. I miss it so much. Theater is a tonic for my brain. Last year, Best attended 130 shows. The year before, 128. This year, he has only seen 14 as the theater going came to an abrupt halt on March 17th when the government banned gatherings over 100 people. Doomsday, Best says. This year would have marked his 60th year as one of Australia's most diligent theatre patrons. Until the arrival of COVID-19, nothing kept him from seeing a show. Not distance, he catches the train to Sydney from Wollongong and back. Not pain, he has endured a serious back condition for 40 years. And not the strokes that left him unable to speak. He sees all the big productions which he subscribes to several theater company seasons. But he prefers to haunt the independent theaters. I'd say about 85% of the shows I see are all the small ones, he says. He has already paid for many of his tickets for 2020, but has not taken any refunds. Instead, he has made donations or accepted a credit to see a show when the theaters reopen. Before every show, I still feel the adrenaline pumping through my veins. I get excited. It's something real and alive, you know? I always sit in the front row so I can feel like I'm in the scene with the actors. Best says, I've never seen a boring show and I've never walked out on a play. People say to me, what's your favorite play? I can never answer because it's all of them. After every production, a musical, play, or cabaret, Best writes his impressions and thoughts in a tiny notebook. His reports fill dozens of notebooks dating back to 1960. He names every actor and member of the crew. Every detail from the lighting to the costumes is recorded. For Best, attending theater is more than a pleasurable pastime. It's essential to his well-being and sense of self. 
I like to hang around after a show and talk to the actors and thank them, but I never force myself on anyone, he says. Sometimes I wait an hour or more, but sometimes I have to catch the last train back to Wollongong. After the strokes that left him partially incapacitated and unable to speak, he credits going to the theater for his recovery. When I was just out of the hospital, I went straight to the theater. I just sat there trying to mouth the words the actors were saying, and over time, I got my voice and speech back, and eventually I walked again, too. The brain has mysterious ways. It finds new avenues. Best is one of thousands across the country for whom the ritual of weekly theater going is suspended indefinitely. Now all I do is go for an early morning walk when no one is around. I go to the supermarket or the chemist. I wash my hands and I don't touch my face, he says with a chuckle. While there is already talk of a limited relaxation of the rules controlling social gathering, it seems likely that live performance will be among the very last parts of the economy to return to normal. TV shows and the new plethora of stream theater is no substitute, says Best. Theater is people right there, telling you their stories. Streaming is just TV. The atmosphere isn't there. It's boring. He has just joined Facebook, so he can stay in touch with the actors. Doris, whom he met when they both worked at Reader's Digest, says he is addicted. I have 160 friends now, he says. All of them actors. To you, Grand Best, we salute you. Continue to stand, continue to applaud, and we shall do the same for you. Happy theater going. Page 2. From our friends at What's On Stage. A theater in Massachusetts is planning to reopen this August with strict social distancing measures and solo shows. It will cut its capacity to one-third. This article was presented by Alex Wood. While government stipulations in the UK have meant social distancing is enforced until further notice, in the US some theaters are already offering ideas for safely staging shows this summer. The Barrington Stage Company in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, plans to reopen at the beginning of August with a reconfigured main auditorium, spacing out audience members to maintain distancing while watching the shows. This will involve removing every other row with two vacant seats between each party and all patrons required to wear face masks throughout their time in the theater. There will be three distinct entrances and exits available to prevent unnecessary congregation, plus some shows will be performed without intermission to prevent queues for bathrooms. In total, it means about one-third of the auditoriums, named the Boyd-Quinson, capacity will actually be in use. All surfaces will be washed and cleaned between shows, with hand sanitizer provided at multiple outlets within the venue's building for patrons. You can find out more in a guide created by the theater. All productions in the summer season will be solo shows with one performer, a three-show outdoor concert revival of South Pacific, starring Alexander Silber, will also be held. UK producers and industry leaders have had mixed reactions to the idea of reducing capacity and distancing audiences. Some have said it would not be viable, while others, including the Nationals' Rufus Norris, have said they are exploring such options. In other news, the Rose Theatre Kingston launches a poetry reading series featuring Christopher Eccleston, Angelica Bell, and more. The series kicked off today. The Rose Theatre, Kingston, has announced a new series of poetry readings while it is locked down. Readers appearing in the online series are Adjoa Endo, Angelica Bell, Anjana Vassan, Anton Lesser, Arthur Darville, Christopher Eccleston, Hattie Morahan, 
Jane Asher, Louise Brealey, Niam Kusak, Olivia Venal, Patterson Joseph, Paul Higgins, Pippa Bennett Warner, and Stephen Boxer. The series will kick off with Belle, a board member at the theater, reading In Spite of War by Angela Morgan. Christopher Hayden, artistic director at The Rose, said, I'm delighted that we are able to launch Readings from the Rose. We have a wealth of talent lined up so that audiences can enjoy a daily dose of culture. And I want to say a massive thank you to all those who have taken part so far. We will get through this and look forward to sharing even more diverse and stimulating work on the other side. Further poets whose works are being read include A.A. A. Milne, A.E. Hausman, Angela Mor Morgan, Anna Kaminska, D.H. Lawrence, Hilaire Belloc, John Cooper Clark, John Keats, Mark Halliday, Miroslav Holub, Patterson Joseph, W.B. Yeats, and William Shakespeare. You can also find out more about the initiative on the Rose Theater's website. From our friends at Playbill.com, the Opera Philadelphia to stream its world premiere productions of Breaking the Waves, Dennis and Katya, and more. This article was presented by Ryan McPhee. The company is going online in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. Though Opera Philadelphia's 2019-2020 season has been cut short due to the continued bans on mass gatherings during the coronavirus shutdown, the company will present a festival of some of its previous productions online. The majority of titles in the digital festival come from Opera Philadelphia's Festival O, which takes place at the start of each season across various venues, presenting new and classic works of various scales. It is our hope to see everyone in September at Festival O2O, but until that time, Festival O stands for Online. General Director and President David B. Devon said in a statement, The series kicks off May 1st with composer Philip Venables and librettist Ted Huffman's Dennis and Katya, which made its world premiere at last year's Festival 019. The 2017 world premiere of David or Daniel Bernard Rumain and Mark Bamuti Joseph's We Shall Not Be Moved will follow May 10th. The company's 2014 production of The Barber of Seville will stream May 15th. Two more world premiere productions will round out the May lineup. Lemmet Beecher and Hannah Moskovich's 2018 Sky on Swings and the 2016 staging of Missy Mazzoli and Royce Vavrex's Breaking the Waves. All evening streams will be available on operafila.org and on the company's YouTube channel. And finally, from our friends at Playbill.com, 16 theater-related online resources for kids and families to get to through the COVID-19 crisis. This article is presented by Olivia Clement. A list of remote classrooms, virtual craft and dance workshops, celebrity bedtime stories, and much more. Navigating the whole parenting through a pandemic situation, we're here to help. From free remote classrooms and live streams, to donation-based early childhood dance classes that turn your living room into a tap studio. Check out the list of theater-related online resources for families and children. This list was last updated today, April 28th. Here are a few of your options. Disney Theatrical's Free Education Tools, Lincoln Center at Home, The Atlantic Acting School's Virtual Roster, Hamilton's Hashtag Eduham at Home, the New Victory Theater's Arts Break, the Harlem School of the Arts, HSA, at home, Broadway Bound Kids Virtual Programs, Broadway Babysitter's Playhouse, Celebrity Bedtime Stories, 
Broadway Green's Green Quarantine activities, and much, much more. Please check out Playbill.com and visit 16 theater-related online resources for kids and families to get you through the COVID-19 article for complete descriptions of all the events. Page three. Here's news from our friends at Stage Directions. The National Theater at Home. Next up, Frankenstein, streaming for free. The National Theater is continuing its NT at Home series of free stream productions on YouTube. Next up is Frankenstein by Nick Deere, based on the novel by Mary Shelley that will run from April 30th through May 8th. The running time is two hours, and the two leads, Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller, alternate between the roles of Victor Frankenstein and his creation. Filmed live in 2011 from the stage of the National Theatre in London, this thrilling sold-out production became an international sensation, experienced by more than 800,000 people in cinemas around the world. Directed by Academy Award winner Danny Boyle, this production of Frankenstein sees Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller alternating between the roles of Victor Frankenstein and his creation. Childlike in his innocence but grotesque in form, Frankenstein's bewildered creature is cast out into a hostile universe by his horror-struck maker, meeting with cruelty wherever he goes. The increasingly desperate and vengeful creature determines to track down his creator and strike a terrifying deal. You can watch both versions of Frankenstein on the National Theatre's YouTube channel. Benedict performing as the creature from Thursday, April 30th at 7 p.m. to May 7th at 7 p.m., British Standard Time, or Miller performing as the creature from Friday, May 1st at 7 p.m. to May 8th at 7 p.m. British Standard Time. The creative team for Frankenstein includes director Danny Boyle, set designer Mark Teedsley, costume designer Sudarat An Larlub, lighting designer Bruno Poet, music and sound score Underworld, director of movement Toby Sedgwick, fight director Kate Waters, music associate Alex Baranowski, and sound design Underworld and Ed Clark. Also, Sage Direction sends its congratulations to Flory Siri, who has been appointed Associate Dean and Managing Director of the Yale School of Drama and Yale Repertory Theater, effective July 1st, 2020. She also joins the faculty as Assistant Professor ad Adjunct of Theater Management. In her new positions at Yale, Siri succeeds Victoria Nolan, who announced last fall that she will conclude her 27-year tenure on June 30th. Also, Stage Directions has updated its resource list along with training links to keep yourself occupied during the COVID-19 pandemic-induced shutdown. There are updated links for PPP and SBA loan information, as well as other information on unemployment, relief, and aid. There are also updated trade-in opportunities from manufacturers, unions, and associations. If you want to relax and watch some streaming theater productions, there is good news from Stratford Festival along with other opportunities opera productions to enjoy. Please check out Stage Directions Magazine's website or their other social media platforms such as Facebook and Instagram. From our friends at USITT, for today's feature on designers whose productions were canceled or postponed due to the global COVID-19 pandemic, we have the work of John McDermott. John is a professor of set design, drafting, 
prop construction and basic stagecraft at Adelphi University in Garden City, Long Island, and was the set designer for the school's production of the musical Quilters. Here's what John said about his design. He drew inspiration from photographs of the open prairie by such artists as Walker Evans and Dorothea Lang. I wanted to show both the earth that seems such a huge force in the journey across the country and the rough-hewn look of early prairie structure. I wanted the sky to be big and wide, as so many of the photos of the prairie show. I wanted the costumes by faculty member Sean Sullivan, and especially the colorful quilts to stand out like gems in the rather subdued earth tones of the set. We hope to have a full production in October, but this has not been decided yet, as some design positions were held by seniors, as were some of the actors. Again, if you care to visit and see John McDermott's work, please check out USITT's Facebook page, as well as, again, all their various social media platforms. Also, we'd like to give a plug for the upcoming New at Noon and Forum at Four series that USITT is offering. Please check out USITT.org's webinar schedule for all important information. There are a lot of great opportunities coming up, so please, please, please check them out, register, and enjoy. Before I conclude tonight's podcast, I once again want to extend my gratitude to the many members of the armed services, the healthcare workers, the nurses and doctors, the first responders, the police, fire, and emergency service officers around the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please join me in continuing to support these women and men as they face this near impossible task of saving lives in the face of such great adversity. Please continue to support your local food bank and shelters. If possible, donate blood at one of your local Red Crosses. Be sure to check in on the elderly and support those who have special needs. Reach out to a friend and help not only make their day, but also improve your own. So I'd like to conclude most of my episodes with a quote. But today I'm going to share maybe a little bit of wisdom. Not from mine, but from a bear, a Paddington bear who once wisely said, a wise bear always keeps a marmalade sandwich in his hat in case of emergency. Thanks, Paddington. My name is Richard Bryant, and I have been your host. It's April 28th, 2020. This has been the Corona Chronicles, day 47. Take care, be well, and good night. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on how to make this podcast better, please send them to archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's archivett24 at yahoo.com. <laughs>